Hey everybody, this episode of Witch Police Radio is brought to you by our friends at the Park Theatre, who are presenting an evening of jazz song featuring Amber Epp and Haitha Forsyth on Sunday, March 4th. Doors for the show are at 7.15, show's at 8 o'clock, and tickets are $15 in advance or 20 at the door. This episode is also brought to you by the Return of Record Sundays, happening Sunday, February 18th at Peg Beer Co., 125 Pacific Avenue. Beat February into submission with the enduring power of sound and furious craft beer by supporting Eye and Ear Control, Dub Ditch Picnic Records, Eat em Up Records, and Electric Heat... Listening to Garbage Hill, one of its first podcast network. Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm your regular host, Sam. I'm here at the food court, <laughs> once again doing an afternoon interview, which is a little bit unusual, but, you know, I throw those in from time to time. And I'm here with Chuck, who is uh, someone I've actually wanted to have on the show for a while, since I kind of randomly, I'm not even sure how I found your music, but I found it online somewhere, and I was really into it. And I had a chance to see you live last year um, at the Leo Mall show, the, the really, really hot day oh, yeah. there. And uh, so, yeah, I've always wanted to kind of uh, pick your brain a bit and find out where you're coming from and things like that, so I'm glad to... Glad to have a chance to talk to you. Well, thanks for having me. And I guess um, I do kind of want to get into you know what, what your background is as a musician and all that. But mm-hmm. I think the fact that you're going to Guatemala mm-hmm. is maybe a good place to start because that's a pretty cool thing that's going on. So can you tell me a bit about that? For sure. Um, I'm just. I actually just got my passport. That was um, a little bit of a delay there, but so that was kind of the last wrinkle in the whole plan. Okay. So um, later, late in the year last year, I was I was emailed by the. Uh, Canadian Embassy of Guatemala okay. saying that they're they're having this jazz festival, and um, I had actually received a, I received a kind of a fake offer from somewhere in England before, <laughs> and this one kind of looked similar, like it was okay. a little of a weird email. So I, I thought it was fake. Yeah, well, you probably don't usually get emails saying coming out playing Guatemala. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. And and uh, so I just kind of waited for a bit, and then and then. Um, um, I ended up being approached by by a girl named Kara Swayze, who who's now doing some management duties for for me. And, okay. Uh, um, I got her to kind of investigate the the whole thing. Make sure it was legit. Yeah, yeah and, and it turned out that it's a really a legitimate offer. Cool. And the Shuffle Demons from Toronto played played there last year. Okay. Okay. And um, they're like really old school. Yeah, I remember the name anyway for sure. Yeah. yeah. And um, so they played last year. She got more information there. So we're going. Um, we'll be going on February 25th. That's okay. when we'll be flying down there. And we'll play a couple shows, one in Guatemala City, okay. and then another one in um, Antigua. Cool. And then we'll be doing a workshop for youth. Well, that's awesome. And uh, it'll be pretty... It's, it'll, this will be kind of like the biggest gig that I've, I've played so far in my yeah. career. Um, First international traveling show, yeah, and um, you know the the previous you know biggest gig that I ever played was at Montreal Jazz Fest, and that was with Moses Mays way okay. back. I don't remember which. I year remember. I remember Moses Mays. Yeah, but that's, it's been a while since they were active. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was 2004, I think, is when we went okay. to Montreal Jazz okay. Fest. This is a big leap from Montreal, though. I mean, going yeah, the totally. part of the world entirely. Yeah, and it, so it's called the Guatemala International Jazz Festival. And okay. It's, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm sure it's going to surpass what I can imagine. Is is how, as far as coolness yeah. of gigs. <laughs> well, how did they find you? Like, how did they? Um, I mean, you said they messaged you, but where did they find your stuff? How did they get into you? They referred to my Facebook page, okay. and um, they're looking for more of a cultural, um, a cultural angle. So it is okay. the Canadian government putting on the, the festival. Okay. So it's, okay. it's kind of a weird, like it's. I don't understand how it works. Like the Canadian <laughs> Embassy of Guatemala right. is putting on an international jazz festival in Guatemala. In Guatemala, okay. so they're Guatemalans, but they're also the money. I guess is coming from the government. Right. So okay. it's kind okay. of a, or maybe the Guatemalan government. I don't know how right. it works. Right. But somehow Canadians are involved in it. Yeah. <laughs> in your part so of it. I guess they found my Facebook page, and there's cultural. You know, I, I, um, because of I've been um, my new compositions are all kind of mixing. 
um, ceremonial okay. songs, uh, sacred songs with with um, modal jazz, groove jazz that I play, and right. kind of mixing them together. Okay. And uh, talking a lot about my sweat lodge experiences, right. and that whole how cultural music has, has changed the way that I approach music, and um, so I, I guess that's what they were looking for. Just to represent that element of Canadian culture to people in Guatemala, sort of. Thing. Yeah, and maybe you know I, I don't think there's many artists, that are jazz artists, that are doing that. No, I, I think you're probably the first person. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know of any. I know there's one. Uh, someone told me about a trumpet player down in um, in the states somewhere, Arizona, New Mexico okay. area. That's that's uh, doing some fusion fusion work with jazz and, and okay. ceremonial songs. Um, so it's starting to happen. That's kind of a cool combination. It's something you yeah. wouldn't expect to, to fit yeah. together, right? Yeah. But I think I think jazz jazz lends itself to that because because jazz can. Um, doesn't always have to be in the four-four format, like right. one, two, three, four, six-bar or eight-bar format. Right, you're not stuck with the verse-chorus verse setup that the yeah. pop song would have or a rock set for sure. Yeah, yeah, jazz, jazz always had that that ability to just kind of present sonic landscapes. Right, and, and I guess you can bring in as whatever you want and go as far out as you want too. And it's, yeah, yeah, and then come back. Like you right. can go lots of different places. Right. And, and so I'm really. Uh, it took a long time to. Like I, I don't know if I'm still doing it right yet, or the way that I want to do it. <laughs> right. Like, but it's the songs are starting to sound really good, and I'm growing as well as a musician all the time. So, right. So now I'm kind of growing in that direction. Well, I imagine bringing some of those influences in too. It's going to completely change. I mean, it's going to not, 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 not the jazz has a strict way it needs to be played, but that's mm-hmm. going to completely throw things off kilter and change the whole big picture. Right. What you're doing. It's. It, I mean, yeah. just. Tempos and time signatures and everything is going to be very different than what I guess you're used to playing as a traditional jazzer. Yeah, yeah, I've had to kind of break my break some some conditioning, I guess, yeah. as far as when things are supposed to happen and timing and stuff like yeah. that. Because because Aboriginal music doesn't, uh, you know, it's just coming from a whole different place, so it doesn't sure. it, it doesn't keep the same time signatures or the same lengths of, of phrasing and yeah. stuff like that. Is all. It's all very, um, it, it is what it is kind of thing, and so jazz has the ability to kind of mold to that. Right. When I started playing with these these new songs with with my band and bringing them to my band, it, yeah. um, it takes a little bit longer to learn a song, um, just because the, my time signatures are are off, and to me they sound really normal. Yeah. But what I'm realizing is. What sounds normal to me sounds really crazy, weird to, right, right. to other people. But that may be part of the appeal of it too, right? Someone I've never heard this before. What is what's going on here? And you want to kind of get into that? More, yeah, right? yeah. So yeah, I think it's working really well, cool. and it lends its like I've always been that type of musician. I've never really wanted to um, play traditional jazz. Of course, I appreciate traditional jazz, but I've never uh, I've never really pictured my life as a traditional jazz player and with trumpet you kind of have you know like you, trumpet's not one of like guitar can play any type of music you sure, know, yeah, a piano yeah, can play distortion, you're good, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, trumpet you're, you're kind of in a few streams of, of music sure. and that's kind of um, and I've always kind of resisted kind of being well that's interesting because one thing I noticed from what I've heard of your stuff is that um, it's very um it's very groove heavy. Like I mean, mm-hmm. bass and drums are very, very prominent, and it's uh, almost—I don't, don't know if aggressive is the right word, but there's definitely like a, an attack to it. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of jazz. I mean, there's so many different subgenres and subgenres of subgenres of jazz, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like it's very kind of in your face. A lot of the stuff I've heard you doing, and yeah. it's just—it uh, may be you know, in large part because of the rhythm, like the mm-hmm. rhythm section. So, yeah. where does that come from? Well, my background, like after. Um, my background is actually like when I was in high school, I was listening to heavy metal okay, with okay. my friends and partying, and and uh, but then I, you know, I'd, I'd go home and put on jazz CDs, right. and, like old. So I had this like I was always attracted to kind of groove oriented jazz, mm-hmm. and uh, but then this whole time I was listening to Metallica, and I was starting I was trying to learn Metallica grooves on the oh, piano, oh, yeah, okay. and um, I think I played. 
I played master of puppets with my trumpet just nice. to kind of like uh, joke around with people yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But, but I always... Sometimes when I'm writing music, I notice there is kind of a rock yeah. edge to it. Like there's still, there's kind of a... Like well, it sounds heavy, choose. even mm-hmm. though it's the genre that you wouldn't necessarily associate with heavy, or mm-hmm. a different kind of heavy, I guess. But yeah, it's yeah. something yeah, to yeah, totally. it. And then after that, I ended up getting into electronic music. Okay. And um, when I was in university, I, I I ended up in this electronic music lab. Okay. And this was kind of as sampling and and synthesizers were were kind of coming back I guess right. this was like early 90s okay. and computers were just starting to be able to process samples right. not like now where anyone could just pull out a cell phone and do it right? yeah, yeah back then like just as an example like they, we had the internet and the internet just started in, and it was in that lab right. they had dial up oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. To, to, what, to look at a, a website it Back then, it was like seventy-five percent of your time on the internet was spent waiting loading, yeah. to, yeah. for the content. For sure, 15, you know. And uh, so, a picture would load up, and you'd see like one line at a time I that, yeah. the picture. Yeah. And then the same thing was with was with sampling. Like if you had a sample that was too, if you're trying to sample, like one thing I would do is use keys okay. and and. And uh, run them along the piano pegs and inside a piano, mm-hmm. and so it would create this like shh, but the piano strings would also create a sound. Oh, cool! And it was a really neat sound, but I would slow it down so you could hear each individual key oh, that string. Is cool, yeah. And uh, it sounded really awesome, but if I tried to process that sample, the computer would crash. Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'd have to do little chunks, and, and so the, the computers were just barely able to record a sound. Yeah. And, and, Manipulate it nowadays, and those were like the most expensive Power Macs that you could get. Well, now it's live. Now it happens instantly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now I could probably do that on my phone. Like yeah. the phones are more powerful than the Power Macs. Yeah, it's crazy. Like. It's crazy. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's where my I was. I was always kind of really into that experimental thing, and we were using drum machines back then. Cool. And that's the first time that I started using a drum machine, and and uh, so I. Um, I ended up moving to Vancouver, and that's where I got into uh, into electronic music, you know, a lot more heavily. Okay. One thing that really influenced me was Nine Inch Nails. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because they they released this one album, and then they started doing remixes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of that same album, and yeah, they did like three or four of them, right? Yeah, Nine yeah. Inch Nails. I, I'm pretty sure they were kind of at the forefront of like remixing yeah. weird music and. Um, turning it into groove music, turning it into a trip hop or yeah. like house or like or okay. whatever, and start mixing all these genres up. So that's where you know I definitely know that I wanted to do that myself. Yeah, and um, start making music with electronic, okay. you know, with computers. And Had you played stuff. any instruments to this point, or were you already were you already into the trumpet? I was already into the trumpet. Um, I I left. That was when I went to. To Vancouver, I was in my second year of university at Brandon. Okay. So doing uh, classical. Oh, so you were already well into it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And um, that's where I was. I think that's probably where I was starting to say, well, you know, I, I don't really want to be a classical trumpet player. Yeah. And I don't really want to be a, a straight up jazz player. Um, so I started just kind of left university, and which was kind of a, in hindsight, a poor decision. But right. I, I just left university. Um, I ended up getting a little, some funding to go to um, an electronic music school in, oh, cool. in Vancouver. But I, I guess what started happening is I, I just started jamming with people in Vancouver, and I found a, a crew of guys that were uh, DJs. There was a house DJ and a drum and bass DJ, okay. and they were the drum play, the drummer and the bass player, and we started this band that was going to emulate electronic music. With live instruments? Yeah. Cool. And uh, that was in 94, or 90, no, that was 96. Okay. And um, around that time, that's what was starting to happen in, in Vancouver, anyways. And a band called The New Deal came out of Toronto, okay. which they were doing like synthesizer house music, kind of trance music live. Okay. And then. Um, there were other bands that were starting to do this kind of fusion thing. This acid jazz was really right, big right. back then, and so there was like 
uh, turntables starting to come into kind of jazz and groove bands. Yes. There was a lot of that stuff kind of happening. Um, so, so I was totally into into groove music and into um, you know heavy bass lines. Yeah. You know heavy drums. Well, and that comes through what you're doing now too, mm-hmm. obviously. And yeah, and, and that's right now. I'm kind of I'm not doing any like kind of four on the floor techno stuff anymore. Yeah. I, I used to, to write music that way, but right now I've been listening to a lot of trap music. Okay. And that's okay. kind of come, starting to come through in my new stuff that I'm programming at home. Okay, cool. I'm not sure how that's going to come to the band or, or right, right, how that's yeah. going to mix yet.
just kind of where I'm where that's kind of how I've always been it's just kind of I do my own thing right and I, and uh, I was always kind of nervous to to bring that to a band I think I was really scared I was like well what I do is I don't know if it's I don't know if it's acceptable or <laughs> right, something right, like that right. and, but then I just have to look at I just have to look at what people are doing and there's a lot of music out there that yeah that there's a lot of music appreciators out there who appreciate all kinds of music, and I can't really say. Right. I've got to present whatever I'm doing and just say, okay, well, this is what I do, and that's it. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to fit into some kind of specific genre or subgenre. Yeah. Well, one of the things with jazz, I've had other jazz artists on the show before. Keith Price has been on a few times, mm-hmm. and one of the things he mentioned is that a lot of the audience for jazz in general is a little bit older there's a lot of uh, kind of people who are thinking of jazz as sort of more formal traditional thing mm-hmm. and do, do you have any is it was that like one of your worries that maybe if you go in all these different directions you're going to alienate the, the jazz crowd I think so yeah yeah, yeah. after that Leo Mall show actually yeah. um, you know a lot of the a lot of the crowd there like Leo Mall is a straight kind of jazz crowd yeah totally yeah and and I was kind of thinking, I was like, well, I'm doing a different type of jazz. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it, it was appreciated. I could kind of tell, I could look at the crowd. And, I, and it was an older crowd, too, I guess, for the yeah. most part, right? Yeah. But one guy did come up, and he was just, he was like, man, I really like what you're doing. It's so cool. I cool. like the, but, you know, you could throw in, I think you could probably throw in a song that I know or a song <laughs> that everybody knows. Right. And, and I know exactly what he's thinking, and... You know, I may do that at, at, when I know I'm playing a straight jazz crowd. Yeah, maybe yeah. Play standard you know, I or will right? kind of do a standard, but um, but maybe not. I, I think you know, I think it went over well that yeah. that show, and um, I think bringing the professionist for that show is probably better than bringing the drummer, bringing right. Brendan, because right, Brendan's a heavy yeah. player, and, yeah. and you know, he's he's like heavy beats type type. Oh, he's a hip hop guy, right? Yeah, and uh, so maybe that might have pushed it over a little bit into <laughs> right, where, right. Got, where the crowd might have said, started thinking, "Oh, I should be in a nightclub, not in a yeah, yeah, in the sun." But I, that probably would have went over well too. Brennan might have so, held yeah. back a little bit, and, and maybe we would have just laid back and yeah. just enjoyed the day, play more daylight <laughs> type right, sounds, right? right. <laughs> Yeah. It, it, who do you think is the audience for what you're doing? Though? I mean, it, like you said, you're bringing all these different influences into it, and there's also the uh, traditional jazz audience. Mm-hmm. Are, are you converting some of the old people into <laughs> the new sounds, or is it mainly younger people who are kind of coming to this, maybe not from a jazz background? I'm hoping to I'm hoping to cross over and attract and attract some young, younger people. Yeah. Because um, I'm not really in touch with with a lot of like what's new as far as like jazz groove right uh, when, um, I really liked what that oh, I can't remember his name the piano player he worked with Kendrick Lamar okay oh, what's his name 
that sucks. I can't <laughs> but there, there are some jazz guys that are, are doing some good crossover. He got a Grammy okay. uh, nomination. I'll remember his name. But, um, you know, there's there's a guy named Roy Hargrove who's always been doing, he's a trumpet player. Okay. And he's been he's been working with hip-hop artists like D'Angelo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that seems like a good fit. This was a while ago. And uh, I'm not sure what he's doing now, but there's, you know, there's always been jazz guys that are trying to cross over sure. and appeal to towards hip-hop. And I think appeal to the younger, yeah. younger generations, and I do think that that works. Is that something that you want to do more locally? Well, because hip hop is starting to become big again in the city. Yeah. I mean, it kind of there's, there's ups and downs, but now it seems like it's on a real high. Mm-hmm. And a lot of bands, I mean, someone like Three Pete, for example, you know, they, they definitely do more of a combination of older style hip hop. They maybe would be more used to. I mean, they, they use jazz samples quite heavily, yeah, right? So. Yeah, I did. I, I just heard Three Pete recently, actually. And yeah, it, is, it does sound like old school, like uh, those guys, the three guys. Oh, they're, I can't remember <laughs> any. I should know all. It's all right. It's all right. But yeah, so like, the, the, there's, you know, there's always room for jazz in a lot of, in to cross over to appeal to younger people. Yeah. My my primary focus is young Indigenous people. Okay. I would love, um, you know, that's. That's kind of the drive underneath everything that I'm doing right, right. now. Is is um, I, w- I want to be able to reach young a young indigenous audience and kind of have music that will appeal to them and, and maybe attract them towards instrumental music and towards um, you know towards jazz or right. towards just you know reaching out and just feeling like they can do whatever type of music that right. they want to right. do. Like we we. You know, without sounding like there's stereotypes out there about indigenous people. Sure, like yeah. there's countries really strong. Yeah. You know, they listen to country, they listen to hip hop. Hip hop for sure. And in Winnipeg, there's a lot of hip hop artists in Winnipeg too. Yeah. There's some gangster rap. You know, we, we, you know, and I, I would, I don't know. I would just, if there's any, if there's any youth that. Are out there that are like, oh, I, I'd like to do this, but no, I'm not really. I'll look weird, or I'll. Right, it's not my music kind of thing. Is that yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, or my friends might think something like this or whatever. And, and I think as musicians, I think we we have to kind of inspire. We have to inspire people to kind of that it's it's cool and yeah. it's really fun and it's fulfilling. And that music saves people. You know, sure. It brings people from from dark areas in their life, or it brings people out of yeah. you know um, hard times and sad times. Like music's super important. Well, it's a way to express those hard times and sad times as well, yeah. right? I mean, in a productive, you know, constructive way, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And that's what music did for me. So I want to be able to you know have that same opportunity, have Indigenous youth having that same opportunity to to uh, get through harder times. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of youth that are going through a lot more rougher times than I've ever had to right. in Winnipeg right. and in Canada. That um, needed all the inspiration that they can get. So, what are, are you? Um, how are you reaching out to youth? Then? Like, what, what have you been doing? Or what are you hoping to do to sort of spread that message? That, you know, here's a trumpet, here's a saxophone. Like, you can do this. This can give these results to you, kind of thing. Well, I think. Like this is the third. This will be my third summer since starting this group. Um, I have done through the Aboriginal Music Program. I, I did some mentorship. I did a a mentorship session with youth that are are um, that go to Studio Three Nine Three. Okay, yeah, yeah. With um, Pippi Skid. Yep. Uh, that and DJ. Uh, Boogie the Beat also works out of there, right. and they're working with youth and building this community of youth, um, molding, you know, fostering um, new talent, like young yeah, rappers, for sure, yeah. that are starting to do really well, and so I, I'm connected with those guys, okay. and, um, and there's some other organizations in Canada that I want to connect with. That are, are are going to reserves that are bringing um, filming videos on reserves okay. and like bringing new music to the reserves. I just really um, 
I still feel like I feel like this summer is going to be moving forward again like with the show in Guatemala yeah. my first major show and I'm hoping to kind of build a little bit more of a name for myself okay because I, I think that's kind of necessary like like I need to kind of have a little bit more presence right and then so people know that you're a guy that they can go to kind of stuff right mm-hmm. and then I, I think I'll be able to start you know start you know organizing a tour right. of reserves and just kind of like start doing workshops and stuff like that um, I think the music is almost there yeah you know I'm, I want to build my my repertoire of of the sacred melody mixed with jazz cues. Uh, right now I have a couple and a couple in the works. A new one that I'll be playing on, on the 16th. Cool, cool. And, um, you know, I'll start building that up and just kind of, um, you know, I think I think traveling to the reserves, it shouldn't be too difficult um, to... to find, like, the reserves basically have to find, you know, money in their budget right. to kind of bring in, you know, but they, they bring in speakers, and they bring in people to talk about different topics all yeah. the time. Well, I know there's some local rock bands who've done that, too, like the Bloodshots yeah. have done that. Yeah? Sounds, sounds like it's pretty successful. So. Awesome. A uh, tribe called Red did that. Yeah, right, of course, well. yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, and that's a good example of someone mixing very uh, unexpectedly kind of music that work that you wouldn't think of kind of like yeah. what you're trying to do right? I mean, that's for sure and like they're they're probably at, to me they're kind of at the forefront of that yeah you know, well they're very mainstream huge all over yeah. North yeah. America like yeah um, I think I think uh, Tim Hill from Tribe Called Red cool, when I'm doing my next album he's going to work on a few of my tracks oh cool that's awesome and um, I want to basically have some live Live tracks, and then I want to have some some of the stuff that I I want to kind of present with electronic drums and electronic okay. bass and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but Tim will be I want to kind of put Tim in charge of that production because cool. cool. you know his production skills yeah. are up here at a ten, yeah. maybe at a five or a six or right. something right. like that.
thing I wanted to ask earlier when you were mentioning all the electronic stuff that you were into, you know, kind of back in the day. Um, I feel like electronic music and jazz on the surface don't seem like they would have a lot in common in the sense that jazz is very improvisation heavy. Electronic music is just by its very nature you're programming things to happen at a certain time, right? Yeah. Like, how, how do those mesh? How do those two fit together for you? Well, I think they fit together... Um, I think you kind of have to have, have be a kind of a have a mentality of a, a certain jazz mentality. Okay. Um, you know, I've always been the type of guy that that wants to hear a certain part of a song repeated, okay. so that I can improvise over that that part. And that's the roots of electronic music. Right, because sample. Because or, or, they would, yeah. yeah, they would sample one part of a funk song and sure. say, that's the part I'm going to make a whole song out of. Right. That's where house music comes, they sample one part. Like they sample the disco record. Yeah. They just sample the break. Well, hip-hop too, same thing. Yeah, yeah. hip-hop yeah. would sample the break and yeah. then loop it, and then that's what those, those genres okay. are built on. So kind of having a static thing like a sample and then the improvisation on top of it? Is that yeah, that's, that's, usually, that's what I do. Like, everything... That I write will take. I'll write one chunk that I want to have loop. Okay. So I write. I'm writing a favorite part, looping it, and then I improvise over that. Okay. Okay. So. So as a jazz musician, I've always been that type of person that. I don't get sick of playing in a key. Like right. I, I'm not. Right. I don't need the chords to go all over the place for my, for me to be happy. You can I, just go over that one section. Yeah, I really like. I like it when the chords are moving. You know, more in a mood or in an ambience or right. a, a landscape or a soundscape. Which is more of an electronic thing, I guess, anyway, right? Yeah. It's a, a, a atmosphere feeling. Kind of, yeah. yeah, so I don't know what came first, whether I'm right. electronic music made me like that or whether I've been like that. But I, I know when I first started listening to records, when I first picked up the trumpet when I was 14, yeah. I was always attracted to, like... Um, the blues format jazz stuff which which kind of has less chord movement right and when chords started moving I, my ears weren't really open to that yeah and, um, and I think it's just been my personality the whole time okay and so and I know there's other jazz guys that are like that and there's there's guys that I've played with that are like, they're the opposite right they want to hear as many changes as possible and yeah, yeah and they're you know they're yeah it's just what you like sure and, Jazz has room for all these different types of personalities. Yeah, definitely, definitely. How much of the stuff that you play uh, with the band is improvised? I mean, I guess how, how structured is it? Maybe is a better question. Well, what I what I do is I, I kind of write the head, and so the baseline. I'll write the baseline, which is 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 basically what my music is. So uh, the bass and the drums kind of define my music. Just the groove, again, right? Yeah, and so the. So I'll, I'll usually write the drum and the bass line and, and because everything is going to be built off of that. Okay. And so the drummer and the bass player kind of learn, they learn um, what I wrote. Yeah. And then once once we're playing like the main melody and once the solo section starts, yeah. that's where, where the chords, the chord will kind of start being more like traditional jazz where there's a chord, a chord line right. and the bass player can, can start playing with the, yeah. with the beat and the drummer can start kind of letting go of that groove okay. and then we come back to it for the end of the song. Cool. So that's kind of like the jazz format. Um, Makes sense, yeah. Are they, uh, I mean, are the songs kind of infinitely extendable? Like, can you take one of, the, one of the songs and just go on with it for as long as you need to something? Or? Yeah, yeah, we'll do like a trumpet solo and then a sax solo and right. a guitar solo. We'll usually try to keep it to two solos because right. it gets really long. But, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so we... Um, but I guess I write the chord structures and we follow the chord structures. Okay, so that's all pre-planned, obviously. And, yeah. yeah. It's hard to know with jazz sometimes because a lot of the time... I mean, a lot of the stuff that I listen to as well, it'll be completely out there, and then 10 minutes into it, they all, all of a sudden get back into some kind of riff, and it, yeah. that, that's kind of my favorite thing about yeah. listening to kind of longer form jazz, is that it seems so unstructured, and then all of a sudden, it structures back, like, it's, yeah. uh, it's very, it's something that I don't, I don't think I would be able to, to handle, <laughs> like, I, mm-hmm. I'm not good enough at music to, to do it, but I think I would have a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. 
keeping track of what's going on with, with everyone and making sure, like, that's got to be a challenge, right, to, to sort of know where everyone is in the, in the composition? Yeah. Yeah, the, like, for my stuff, it, it is, it's a little difficult to hold on to the form. Yeah. But, um, and, and then, yeah, yeah, it, it is tricky to, to kind of keep, keep your, keep together. Yeah. We're all improvising together. Yeah. But, but my group does really well. Like, they're all really solid, solid musicians. Is it the same group you've had for a while now, too? They... Yeah, I typically play with Brendan and Ashley, Ashley Al on bass, and, uh, uh, Victor, Victor Lopez on guitar. <laughs> like, those are the kind of the core. Yeah. Uh, right now, Kyle Wedlake from, uh, the Dirty Catfish okay, yeah, brass band, uh, yeah. brass yeah. band is uh, a primary sax player that we've been, that I've been playing with, and, and uh, I'd like to just keep with those guys as much as possible. And yeah. I'm really lucky that they're, you know, because I don't play a lot. Um, I'm lucky that they've kind of have it moved on. Right, because they probably have all their own projects. And everything. Yeah, so, everyone's yeah. really busy. Um, I guess, you know, a lot of the... I've been lucky to have a lot of really cool shows. Yeah. Um, just not a lot of quantity. Right, right. Well, that's I think, good, though, right? You want the, you want the, the really quality ones, and yeah. that makes it better than having a bunch of little ones. But I think... I think if I was in Toronto, or if I was in Vancouver, or if I was in San Francisco, or yeah. Minneapolis, any major music center... Um, there'd be a lot more venues to play. Sure, yeah. There's so already be a playing more jazz gigs. venue here, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. And that's that's unfortunate for Winnipeg that we yeah. don't have we don't have a lot of venues that will are like, okay, we'll, we'll pay you to play here, we'll promote, we'll yeah. do, and the, the venue, you know, where we would be kind of vying to get into that venue right. as a band. Right. And once we get there, you know, that that's that that venue has its uh, its own fame. Yeah, and I think there's there's venues that are trying to get that, like um, you know, Pyramid. You know, is obviously mainstay. It was yeah. a spectrum before. Um, a lot of the old ones are gone, though. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of it's, it's good that there's so many new venues opening up, but mm-hmm. you have things like the Albert, which is you know maybe opening up one day again. And it's gone. Yeah. And it has all the history. And yeah. The, yeah, the Pyramid's still going, which is good, but just tons of them just shut down and reopen, and mm-hmm. so it's hard to yeah, I think it's hard to find a venue that's the yeah. one people know to go for for this kind of music for that kind of music yeah. like if there's an alternative jazz venue there isn't even a jazz venue right you, you know? basically went first before you can get you yeah. know, I yeah. guess there's a Franco Manitoba Cultural Center yeah. which does their like their they have their mainstay kind of yeah. jazz band. and then there's a festival every summer of course too right but yeah. that's jazz sort of all over the place yeah. yeah and uh, I'm sure if I was in another another city or Europe yeah, you know, it's definitely where I want to go. Um, there would be other bands that are similar to my band sure, yeah. that are doing another form of fusion or doing another form of thing, and then you know, maybe they're maybe pushing each other. Yeah, you know, well, like in Europe, you could probably get completely different cultural elements being pulled into, and totally. what you're doing would be completely alien to them too. So it's yeah. definitely be cool. Enough.
Yeah, right now I was reading something about a, there's a drummer that's that's uh, combining jazz with his uh, uh, cultural roots from Chile. Okay, cool. I think. Oh, is that the guy here who was doing a show mm-hmm. like on the last weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I thought that was really yeah, cool. Yeah, really neat. Yeah. I was like, that's exactly what I'm, that's what I'm doing. For sure, yeah. And I can't remember anybody's name right now. <laughs> so I'm like mentioning these people, yeah, yeah. and I can't remember their names. But he's a really good drummer. Yeah, he's in the uh, Keith Price double quartet as well. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so the stuff happening is just there's not a, there's not a, a like core place for it, I guess, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like back, I remember when Moses Mays was coming out. There was yeah. the Hummers before Moses. Sure. Yeah, Mays. and it was a very similar style. And we were both groove. We were both like yeah. jazz fusion, and we were both had a, a really good following. For sure. Yeah. And Hummers really helped Moses kind of build that following by playing a few shows. And, right. And, uh, but we were coming. I guess we were just starting at the like, kind of where Hummers was kind of going. Yeah, it was ending kind of moving on to other projects. Um, and there was kind of a trade-off there. But at that time, there was an urban groove yeah. music festival. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Separate from from the jazz festival. Yeah. And they were all the bringing, club shows and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a full week of, of all these wicked yeah, fusion groove jazz yeah. artists and hip-hop and everything. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. What do you think has changed? Is it just people? Uh, it's, hard, it's hard to say, right? Yeah. It, it seems like what you're doing now, especially bringing all these other elements in, should have a big, a big audience because people who are coming from all these different mm-hmm. genres and interests and cultural backgrounds can yeah. get into it. But yeah, it's weird. There's not, it's, it's there's not just a, how the yeah. how the music scenes change. Maybe Guatemala is the place. Oh, <laughs> maybe. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, because Winnipeg was a was. Um, you know, there, there's always been world class, world famous talent that's yes, not a yeah. thing. And uh, it seems to have been a while, I don't know. I don't know, Canada, Winnipeg was a hub of like, these like. These big names are coming out of here, yeah, yeah. I think it still is. I think it's just. I don't know if this is the actual reason, but it seems to me that the way people listen to music now is so compartmentalized. Like, you know, someone is a jazz fan, they can only listen to jazz and never have to be confronted with anything else. Whereas before, before the internet, I guess, I mean, it was more likely for someone to emerge as a big Canadian artist versus a big artist in this one little culture, right? So I don't know if that has affected things, but I mean, I know for other genres that has, where it's unlikely that there's going to be, say, a punk band that becomes huge because all the punk fans are just listening to punk on their iPods or whatever, you know, yeah. in this one little punk because they can get only that and they don't have to hear a country artist or jazz artist. Or yeah. So I don't know if that's a part of it. But. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, well, definitely things have changed like, quite a bit. Yeah. With social media and all that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. So you have a show coming up on the 16th, right? Yeah. What can you, what can you tell me about that show? Um, well, we're playing at the Urban Shaman Art Gallery. Good. And uh, that's located, um, I think it's 290 McDermott. It's Do they usually have shows there? Uh, no. No. Um, they're, they're having an art exhibit there as well, okay. which is kind of cool. And, it, and Urban Shaman is indigenous. Uh, and it's, it's Winnipeg's indigenous art gallery. Yeah. They just got a, a lot. They just got another line of funding you know, to keep continuing, and they've been around for a really long yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. So definitely driven past them a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. And so we're. Um, I don't know. It seemed we. I played one show there last last April for my. Oh, it wasn't my CD release. It was before that. Okay. And uh, the show went really well, and it's a really good partnership, like for what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. And. Um, it's kind of more. It's kind of a really kind of obvious place to play for sure. me, and um, yeah, they. I'm, I don't. I think they. They'll have music there as part of an art show or part okay. of an opening and stuff like that. And uh, so people can walk around and look at the art while the music's happening. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah, but for this, I'm, I'm not sure how often they have just kind of like shows. I'm. I'm. Uh, so yeah, I'm really happy. My girlfriend works there okay. too. Which might help. Helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and uh, so we're yeah. We'll be doing we'll be doing one one set. I want to kind of uh, I'm rehearsing right now for the set that I want to play in Guatemala. Okay. Okay. So Guatemala is going to be kind of a first feature, like uh, a first feature set on a jazz festival stage. So right. kind of 
you know, it's a little bit different than what I've been doing um, up to now. Like, we've played a few, a few really, um, when we played in Toronto at the International, um, we played at the International Indigenous Arts Festival, okay. which was a really big Canadian show. Yeah. Um, but our slot was 12 o'clock on a Sunday. With a lot of other no twelve, 12 o'clock in the in the afternoon like yeah. the slots I've been getting haven't really been feature slots right so this this is gonna be my first like eight o'clock p.m. feature Chuck Copenhagen's group festival yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah so I wanna on the on the sixteenth I really wanna like have that set together and say this is what we're gonna play in Guatemala cool. and uh, and kind of rehearse it and just kind of get warmed up. Get a chance to do it in front of an audience. Yeah, yeah the next week we're going to be playing that set in Guatemala. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's just neat. Yeah, it's it's neat. just, it's sinking in, you know, because it, it's been really stressful trying to get get everything arranged. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, there's probably stuff you didn't even think about before you have to do, right, for yeah. visas and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, getting my passport was a little tricky. I just right. picked it up this morning, so I'm all happy happy about that yeah yeah then you can actually make sure you can get there yeah yeah for sure and I guess we have to get shots oh right, yeah which yeah, I right. just realized this morning yeah. and I'm like yeah if I want to leave my apartment down there I've got to make sure that I have yeah. shots yeah I guess Antigua has some volcanoes around and cool. I'd really like to if there's time enough to go to go walk like do some touristy and, stuff while you're there yeah yeah, yeah I, hope, I hope there's time I think there will be yeah it's going to be it's going to be awesome that's really cool so if someone hasn't heard you before and they're hearing you for the first time on this show, what's the best thing for them to do to find out more information? Where should they go to, you know, to hear your stuff or uh, find think, more shows? I think the Facebook page um, at Chuck Copenhagen's Music. I'll link, I'll link to it in the yeah. description of the episode. <laughs> okay. And uh, my website has uh, has music right on the first page. Yeah. And uh, I'm... I'm working on stuff at home that I kind of want to pr- produce to a level that I can release um, on, on Spotify. Okay. So my EP is available on Spotify and iTunes for download. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that my music is where it should be. People can access it. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm probably gonna um, start start releasing um, some of my program music. You know. On my own, cool. That's just kind digitally of like, or like a physical. Experience? I think uh, digitally. I think I'll probably just um, like I'll be doing an album, but it, things are kind of things are changing right now. Yeah. That I, I don't know. I'm starting to think like there's I, I think there's bands out there that aren't even doing a CD. There's the other artists. It's weird. You know, it's, it's just weird all yeah. all digital. And, um, I definitely like to go that route as well. You know, just as long as people have the music. Well, that makes it easier to release more regularly too, I guess, right? Because you have something, you can just put it out without having to worry about getting things pressed and printed. And yeah, that's what I think I'm going to do. Cool. And I want to get some shirts cool. going pretty soon. A little bit of merchandise, stuff like that. Do you have anything big coming up after Guatemala, or is that sort of the focus for the last little while? Right now, that's the focus. Um, I'm hoping, you know, I've applied to some other jazz fests across Canada. Yeah. My plan was for this year to be kind of more outside of Winnipeg uh, yeah. festival shows. Okay. So I'd like, um, I think me and um, my manager, Kara, would like to focus on, you know, like maybe a Toronto Canada Day or Ottawa Canada Day. Okay, yeah, those are big, big shows. And, um, you know, just kind of start moving, keep moving forward. First Aboriginal Day. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that I'll be able to get back on that. Every, this will be the third Aboriginal Day that I've played, and, and each one has kind of had a more of a feature. Okay, so you're so sort hoping, of growing in, in people's awareness of you, and yeah, yeah. I hope so, and cool. I, so I hope this, this Canada Day, maybe I'll, I'll end up playing at, at the, on the main show, yeah. rather than the pre-show. Yeah. Whereas last of the year before that, it was like the show, the stage across from the main stage right, that right, I played. Cool. In the middle of the like, afternoon, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It was during Buffy St. Marie's sound checks. So oh, wow. I was so playing, and you could still hear her. And people are probably watching her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were watching her sound check. Yeah. But yeah, so things are moving forward. Cool. It's good. It's good. And my life is a lot more conducive to, to focusing on music right now. That's awesome. Uh, that's really tricky. That's a tricky part of it, too. Yeah. To do all the things that you should be doing that everyone suggests you do as a musician. Right. If I were to do all that, like, 
hard to pay the rent. And definitely, yeah. Really yeah. Work somewhere definitely. else, you know. There's, there's I think it's the problem that everyone, literally everyone I've interviewed on the show in the past five years has had the same same issue, right? It's like, how do, how do I make this work as a full-time thing yeah. while trying to actually pay bills, pay rent, whatever, pay, yeah, yeah. pay mortgage and stuff. Yeah. But I'm glad, I'm glad you're Things are like looking up, though. Like you're kind of, you know, getting bigger and bigger shows and things like that. It's awesome. Yeah, it's good to hear. Yeah. Great, thanks. Cool. Well, if anyone wants to hear more episodes of this show, you go to witchpolice.com, click on podcast. There's 270 some episodes there, all for free download and streaming. Uh, you can hear us on Sunday nights at midnight on UMFM, and those are older episodes that kind of get a second win. So even though we're recording this now in February, we're not air till June or something. So obviously the Guatemala thing will be over, but yeah. by that time someone could t- tune in, hear you, and you might have a new release ever or something. Who knows, right? Yeah, so sure. or they can check you out at you know another show happening. So it's kind of a nice thing that UMFM will replay these, even though it's a little bit down the road. But uh, cool. it's definitely cool to hear them on the radio, yeah. in addition to on the internet. So yeah, nice. thanks a lot for meeting me, and uh, I'm very happy to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Nice to meet you.